Good in your daisy gang tea, Ian. Oh, thanks. Welcome to the completely unnecessary podcast for uh, Tuesday, May 31st, the end of May 2022. Gray May. That's Ian Ferguson. Going into the sixth um, fucking month of this year. I'm gray haired Pat Contry. On the show today, we're talking about a scandal in the big box PC game collecting community. We'll also be discussing. Um, Reggie speaking about the potential of NFTs and blockchain hurts my heart. A new Evercade console was announced. Yeah, yeah. And more stuff. Elon Musk versus hard drive as well. Uh, you had a good weekend, Ian. You watched some horror movies that we talked about a little bit on the exclusive the exclusive Patreon podcast, patreon.com slash you podcast this week. Watched a big old gripper movies. We also talked about the new Winnie the Pooh horror movie coming out and the case for and against public domain. <laughs> and uh, you watched uh, some Stranger Things. I watched some Stranger that. Things. I'm, I'm halfway through it right now. Um, and so far, I, so far, I like it. Uh, I liked season three just because the mall setup was done damn well. Right. Um, so I respected that. They, should, they, they kept about I, I read about the... Uh, the, the brothers that directed and write it, they thought about keeping it open as an attraction, and they decided against it, and they didn't. So they, I guess they shut down the facility. But I guess it's all that stuff is still up. I don't think they took that stuff down. So right. So it's out there somewhere where they found that. There's so many abandoned malls. So like they oh, found sure. one and just said, oh, we're going to do up this mall. So like we're going to do fake storefronts, and yeah, it's great. I'm surprised they didn't keep it open as an attraction. That's a, it's a popular show. Eh, logistics probably would suck for that. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, uh, that's what's going on in my life, Ian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marble Madness 2. Marble Madness 2. It was finally playable. Yep. Um, you can play it on the Internet Archive. This is, what, this is one of, like, I guess, like, you want to say the grails of uh, preservation. Where, like, we knew one was, of them. Yeah, this like, game has been known forever and ever. I yeah. mean, when I first got into, you know, learning about weirder and more esoteric, like, video game stuff in the mid to late 90s, Marble Madness uh, 2 was already known. Esoteric. I haven't said that in a bit. You just said it. Oh, there it is. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's just, that's big news. I mean, I don't have a whole lot more to say about it. I don't think it was stated uh, how it leaked, but from what I believe I read, uh, they said that it was an older dump of it. Like the dump, it, I think there's a date on it or something, but the dump is from a while back and it's just managed to kind of find its way. Uh, the, well, the, the main person said that could be a uh, maybe misleading because it could have been an older computer that was used to dump it. Oh, okay. Times, gotcha. So it could be, you know, something like that. So either way, this was not they they made prototype cabinets. They put them out in the wild to test it, and they never mass produced them. That's why. So these are only in collectors' hands. Uh, there's a picture about um, two prototypes in the hands of a single collector. So they're just hoarding them. So this is good that this got out. We don't know how. We don't know if it was uh, done um, in, a, in, a, in a sleazy, sketchy way where they, like the one story we had where the, where the person was where repairing was the machine. while they repaired, repaired the machine. And I applauded that. I think it was hey. pyramids of, or no, I don't know. what well, I can't remember what years game ago it was. We yeah. No, I know. We, I just was trying to remember the game. Uh, but it's out there, so that's good. Um, there's a picture of it at California Extreme at, the, at this Ars Technica article. 
of it being shown in 2007. So like we're talking about a game that people we've it's not like this is we've known about this game for forever. Right. And it's just that it's good that we can finally have it fully preserved here. And I and I love the original. We talked about the video game years and great music, great design, that mid 80s Atari, Atari arcade aesthetic. They were they were they were on fire all those games. Uh, Tubin, we talk about all of them. Uh Road Blasters, all the all those games with unique uh, schemes in the mid 80s. Uh Gauntlet I mean, there's 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 like there's like a murderer's row of games. APB, Paperboy, God, I keep going on. Um, uh, what else going on here? Uh, Embracer Group is getting into the preservation, though they, though they have been in secret without people knowing about it. And they announced this. Yeah, this is. Um, I mean, it's a big undertaking. Uh, basically, their goal is to have a physical copy of every game ever released. Um, they've started, uh, there's, uh, apparently they have, uh, an underground lair in Sweden, um, where they have started uh, collecting these. Is that where they have all the seeds and stuff kept in case of a holo- uh, nuclear holocaust? Is that also in Sweden? You Maybe. Know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. All the seedlings and, and so we can always, you know, rebuild, rebuild. Yeah. Early access video shows the underground secret vault in Sweden where they keep all of the objects they've collected so far. This is a rock, paper, shotgun article by, uh, Jay Costello. Um, and they talked to uh, Kelsey, actually, from National Video Game Museum, uh, talking about how while this is, you know, a collection, an archive of stuff, what's more important is to, you know, uh, be able to experience or relay uh, what these games were like in their time uh, and to be able to play them. And yes. Stuff like we, that. we were talking about like a museum is in a compilation of everything that exists. And a museum is showing you the experience of, of the things at the time in the culture. That's what a museum is. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that that's that's Kelsey's point, and I, I agree. Um, that's this is said, just a huge collection to me. Right, exactly. That's what yeah. I think this is. It's, it, it, it's a big collection, and if it's open and people can use it and they end up setting up systems and you can – that's great. Uh, but otherwise, it's, it's a collection under the name of preservation. Yes. And that I'm not, like, the most interested in. But no. uh, I, I think it's a pretty crazy undertaking, but Embracer Group would have the money to do it. Yeah, they're going to buy one. Is that, I guess it's just not include computer games. It's just console because the computer game is a whole other uh, bag of shells uh, versus that. And I guess it's going to be. It's a Which game. that that's a weird thing for them to do. And that also, I think, solidifies in me, my mind that this is more of a collection than an archival project. You can't you can't if, if you're if, if your goal is literally every game, you, you can't just discount computer games. Because there's just there's just as many probably. If you go by the numbers, it's probably just as many. Oh, sure. If not more. Because yeah. you got all the homebrew and stuff like that. And obviously that well, would be I hard to track oh, right. All the commercial all releases. All the commercial releases. But you're talking like the first years of computers. Um, and then I guess once you get to the 90s when it really blew up though more. But yeah, by the 90s you're going to have more computer game releases I think than, than console. I think year by year probably. Yeah. Talk about small and medium-sized companies putting out games as well, probably. Shareware sort of games. There's tons of those. So anyway, well, that's 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 cool. That's cool to want to, you know, preserve things and and look at nice things. Uh, you, you know, you can look at nice, nice things. things at, yeah. At, yeah mm-hmm. You absolutely can. You got nice <laughs> NES and Super Nintendo guidebooks that you can look that at. That was like, <laughs> you were like, I'm going to throw it. I'm going to throw it. <laughs> Telegraph uh, that. Shoot across the room. Shooter's going to shoot. Um, <laughs> you got the enamel pins. We're down to like, I think, seven left on this run, this print run. Uh, you got the Pat Pixel hair pins. Uh, RBI baseball stickers. Buy the Costco toilet paper roll right here. Mm-hmm. All and more, not for resale, Blu-ray, all at Ultimate 
Nintendo.com. I'll be at. What's with, what's, with, what's with these little jabs at me? You know? I didn't uh, make a jab. I said .com. Trying to, trying to mirror me. Uh, I'll be at Too Many Games in Oaks, PA, June 24th to 26th. Oaks. And then I'll probably hit a friendlies up. And then I will be on uh, Twitch Wednesday, twitch.tv slash country code. Thursday is game one of the NBA Finals. It sure is. Dubs versus Celtics. Let's go. I'm picking Dubs in seven. It's going to be a tough series. Oh, it is. It's going to be a tough, tough. one. Uh, I would probably root for the Celtics. Root for my fist in a second. Yeah. You like the Celtics, really? I I mean, if it's a California team versus an East Coast team, I'm going to take the East Coast team. It's Northern Cal, though. It's not L.A. It's not the, not the Lakers. I definitely can't do L.A., but I'm not particularly sold on any California teams except for maybe the Padres. Wow, Ian. That hurts. Yeah, I mean, I've said it a billion times. Not the, not the I, Anaheim, I fully support your Ducks, fandom. Not the Angels? No. I fully support your fandom, but I just I can't get into not that. The Sacramento Kings, Sac Kings might be the oh, one the I could, Kings. but I can't. The, no. One of the worst run organizations in yes. sports the past. You know, I even said years. I can't. Like I, yeah, you're close. But. Sac Kings, you had to, you had you had you had a short to make it sound cool. Yeah, no one thinks the Kings are cool. By the way, no, no one does. <laughs> this is a quick story about an MMO that's not been around for even a year, being getting canceled. Um, a Marvel MMO. Was canceled. I didn't know it existed. Maybe yeah, I didn't know it existed. And that's why it was canceled. All right. Well, uh, that's the extent of that. They announced it in a blog post <laughs> by parent company Enad Global Seven. Love uh, that company. Yeah. Makes some of my favorite games. The game was you know, like this corporate talk. The game was canceled after a reevaluation of the development risk profile, size of investment, and the long term product portfolio strategy. It ain't selling. No uh, one's playing it. That's right. all you got to say. That's, that's it. This was a super bad mistake. An MMO, you have to do constantly, you know, upgrade, you know, upgrade, and, and have new features come out for it in the servers. And it's it's a tough thing to keep going if no one's playing it. You know. Yeah, you it's can't. never finished. An MMO is never finished. It's it's always ongoing. You know. Uh, too expensive, and they needed money, and no one's playing it. So there you go. It was announced last November. <laughs> last November? Uh, yes. So we're talking a it very didn't short... Even, it didn't even make it a year. No. That's no. What I'm okay. no. <laughs> Not a year from announcement. So that that's uh, that's all you got there. I don't know the name of the damn thing. Well, if you played it, it's gone, and we're very sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A new uh, Evercade. Yes, was announced. Uh, this only was, been around for a couple of years, and you know this has been. Uh, this was announced, I think, this morning. We were just made aware of it this morning. Um, great, thank you, computer. Thank you for closing that page I just opened. So it is a remodel of their handheld unit, and honestly, some people were asking us, "Hey, do you think this is too soon?" Um, Evercade's cartridges are cheap, and they've got marketing. Uh, and licensing they have to deal with. I don't think it's that weird for a company to iterate something every every year, every other year. Um, uh, and I mean, they did the the console last year. The the main reason I want to give this one a break is it's 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 a, it it's taking care of the problems people have with it, uh, namely the battery life uh, is getting extended and the screen on the original Evercade is not a particularly great screen. Um, it's got a lot of like bad spots where, you know, it doesn't light up, it doesn't look proper if you, if you hold it at an off angle. So they're upgrading it with a 4.3 inch IPS screen. Um, and it bumps the resolution from 480 to 72 to 800, 480, which for a lot of these games you don't necessarily need, but it's nice to have, especially since it's going to have Wi-Fi. 
So I'm not sure if that means you'll have like a web browser on this. I have no idea what the Wi-Fi. No, is. they say right now the Wi-Fi is simply going to be uh, making updates easier. Okay. Which is fine. They said they're not, as at least as of right now, they're not going to be uh, selling games on any sort of web store. Uh, one neat fact, uh, one neat thing that this does add is it uh, adds the ability to uh, hold it in tape mode. And you, so if they get like horizontal shooters or, uh, I mean, they, they're not yes. going to get Nintendo products, but something that uses a vertical monitor like Centipede or, or yeah, Donkey so they, Kong. They put, uh, basically, when you're looking at it sideways, normally there's an A and B buttons vertical so when you turn it you'll hold it up by the bottom with the cross pad and the aim it's a great idea it's, it's actually brilliant it's a great idea i um, i realized fitting one more button in there would have been tough but a lot of shooters depending on how far they go they do three a lot of shooters can do will have yeah. three buttons there's a little trigger right by there you can do it you can kind of pull it off there Ian. you can but it's hard I've, I've i've played i've tried to play like psp games like that um there's what four triggers on this yeah four triggers four face buttons two duplicate a and b buttons start select and home no i, I think it's uh it's, it's going to cost uh 150 150 this is what i'm going to say yeah it's only been two years i will say this i, I would cut them from slack just because no one know like we're talking this is not a huge company that originally came up with this. I don't think so, anyone expected uh, them to get as popular as they did. Yeah, like the the amount of R&D and money to like put out something that is truly unique. This isn't an AliExpress just ROM holder. Right. We're we're at least building like something that can play these games. And we're building our own, you know, interface, our own menu. Like this isn't just like, like I said, right. cheap. I, starting so. as small as they did, uh, yeah. the, the, uh, they probably made what they could with the money they had. They had to walk before they could run. Yes. Obviously, this would have been nice to have been the first version, but I can't tell you the riskiness. Like this, the same way when limited run starts out, people are like, why are you doing small runs? Because they can't afford to do like say, oh, we're going to print 15,000 something. And if they don't sell, they're out of business. Yeah. That's like that's the bottom line. That's how businesses works. You have to do these calculated smaller risks. Well, I remember yeah. in the early days, uh, s- someone said something to me basically along the lines of with limited run. Uh, we're we're one we're one bad decision on a game away from, you know, like, yes, uh, I mean, limited runs definitely grown way bigger. Oh, no, they, they're, 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 they're massive. Now, yes. They're massive. But, but back they weren't then, the first year. Yeah, they were people were upset, but it's like do you want a shot at a physical game or do you just want no physical games at all? This is what we have to do. Yeah. They can print 5,000 of a game uh, for the, for the V back then and and sell 500 of them. They got to pay a license fee for every single one on top of the production. It's like, then they're done. That's it. So that's my point. The point is that you have to start smaller, uh, you know, maybe at a competitive, uh, you know, competing company doing their own console could have thought the same way. Let's start small. And then we'll see what we get in terms of the interest. That's usually the the smart way to go there. Unless if you're doing books like me and you're just an idiot. Um, what else we got going on, Ian? Well, this one's sad. And this is why I always say don't fucking give – don't have corporate heroes. Um, Reggie Fizeme uh, <laughs> um, – has commented on NFTs in the blockchain. He's commented on it slightly before. Uh, He says that he believes these technologies could have substance and value. And while I feel like there's always a potential that something could have substance and value, the way he talks about it does not convince me of any substance or value. In fact, Reggie, uh, unfortunately, parrots most of the points that have already been proven to, to, to not 
mean anything. So he talks about uh, a game like Pokemon, not an uh, that uses NFTs, not an original concept, also not necessary, also something that's already kind of being done with that game Axie Infinity, which suffered uh, like a multi-million dollar heist uh, like a month ago. We sure. talked about it briefly. You might not remember it because so much shit happens with NFTs, you can't keep track There's of so it. There's so many scams and weird shit that so, happen every day. So then he talks about uh animal crossing and this is like truly dark and kind of gross to me uh taking a game like animal crossing which is kind of like a stress release for a lot uh-huh. of people you know a happy pretty chill game uh people can get really into it but most of the reasons why people like animal crossing is it's just kind of a relaxing escape from the world yes. and he talks about building up everything in animal crossing and then wouldn't it be great to be able to monetize that when you're done playing here's this quote that this i knew you're gonna key on this this is what i key on this is awful Yes. For him to say this. There are some games I've invested 300 hours in a game. And when I'm ready to move on to something else, wouldn't it be great to monetize what I've built? No. And he uses Animal Crossing as an example. The, um, this this is really bad. I, this is a guy that, you know, was ahead of, you know, uh, Pizza Hut or whatever. They're doing the Bigfoot Pizza or was it Domino's? Yeah, Bigfoot. Bigfoot Pizza, Pizza. So that's the same guy that comes to Nintendo. He's going to sell you shitty quality pizza but with a great marketing premise and name in order to like, oh, it's a Bigfoot pizza. Right. So like, that's the same guy that came to Nintendo. Yes, we all love Reggie. We love him on stage. He seems like a cool dude overall. He's laid He's funny, and I would probably yeah. have some good conversations with him, but this he's is a still... This, he's a corporate businessman. He's a president CEO mindset still thinking, how could we make more money out of this? So, so the, the Animal Crossing thing is particularly upsetting to me because, and this is what I always say with NFT games, once you in, introduce the ability to make money in a game, people are no longer going to play that game the per- way it's meant. You pervert the entire meaning of the game. The entire game changes. Yes. All of a sudden, now Animal Crossing is literally just a second job. And it's just more work. And it's people grinding. And they're playing differently because yeah, of that. Because at the end of the day, if money's involved, you're going to find, and I've said we've said it a billion times, you're going to find ways to break the game. You're yes. going to find ways to mid-max it. And suddenly, you're not playing a game. You're working a job. Everyone's going to try to find. I'm guessing there's, I, I've, I've not played it. There's rare items that probably people will be hunting after. They're going to try to develop develop the best spot of land on the island right. to get paid. And it's like, now it's just fucking gross. It's no longer a little vacation getaway. Now it's just like a commercial like real estate fucking game. And Basically. somewhere in here he touches on it, or at least his ideas are in line with it. Uh, people always talk about being able to monetize like items and stuff you get in games. All you need to do. It's amazing how quickly people forget is look at Diablo 3. It launched with a real money auction house and they shut that shit down because it ruined the game immediately. And they recognized it. At least they recognized it. Yeah. Like this is bad. Um, And then he said I understand the divisiveness. I really do. And certainly the environmental elements that is something that has to be solved. Well it ain't going to be solved. I mean people who say about you know different types of blockchain. It's not getting solved right now. Uh, not, but no. not, and not all. Ethereum has been Ethereum's been uh, months away from uh, going from proof of stake to proof of work or whatever the alternate one yes. is. Yeah, and they they just never do. They've been saying it for years. And not all blockchain is so environmentally disruptive. The the fact is though most of it is that we know about. Well, and the, yeah. the other problem is a lot of the blockchains that are saying that they're not environmentally destructive is because they try to be carbon neutral. And we've already talked about what plant bullshit a, sap, a lot a of. Yeah, plant a bunch of trees someplace. Doesn't uh, of, that no. doesn't help us now. No, we're talking about potential things. Trees help take us ten pick. years to get to like. From what I was reading, it's like ten years to get to the point where they're actually producing a meaningful amount of oxygen. Gotcha. 
So it's like in the meantime, you're just you're just wrecking your your any any um, positive energy developments from renewables are being wiped the hell out, which is what's been happening with a lot of this stuff. We're not talking about all the eco waste. We don't talk about that. We're not talking about the the tons of uh, of like. CPUs, GPUs. There's there's literally pictures of warehouses of stacks of e-waste yeah. from burned out processors and 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 graphics cards from from doing from mining crypto and doing blockchain stuff. Like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, how much of this exists? So I, I just recommend people really lay off the weird cutesy affection for like certain people in these in these video game companies because you end up with this and then it's just like you can think these people are interesting or neat but like they're not gods they're not fucking gods don't don't put people on pedestals like elon musk elon musk uh, let's not let's relax a bit on on the worshiping of of people it's not like and and people can do good things elon musk you know gave uh, gave you know electric cars a big shot in the arm that was needed absolutely that was needed and his electric car will thankfully be useless or uh, a, a thing of the past once other companies well, yes. get, they get but, their electric cars on the road. He gave it the initial push yes. that the industry needed. Sure. It was a disruptor. And now you're having other better real car companies fill in the gaps and make cars that are cheaper and won't, uh, and won't trap you while the car burns burns you in alive, uh, you know, uh, potentially. The problem uh, is, is like he did this one thing with the help of many, many other people yes. and uh, got high on his own fucking farts. Yes. Um, so hard drive, a, a uh, account that I love to follow on Twitter. They're very funny. Um, they're satirical. Satirical. It's like the onion of video games of kind of deal yeah. kind of thing. Um, so Elon Musk deleted the, the tweet already, but the understanding is uh, he retweeted something that Hard Drive tweeted. Uh, but they he it was did, an article about from Hard Drive uh, an article about how 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 the VL, VLC player uh, figured out decrypting the Zodiac Killer. Oh, okay. So it was, it was tongue in cheek about oh. VLC player. You download as all these plugins and codecs. Yeah, and there there it is. Okay, so yeah, yeah I see it. Um, but he cut their uh, he cut them out of the the retweet. Yeah, he tweeted just the picture. Yeah. headline without the article. Right. Without their, without their thumb without their their name, name. on it. Correct. And he because he likes posting memes because he's a fifty year old uh, man child. Um, and that's all he does. That's how he 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 just he does that to get attention for for his Tesla stock. And Stuff. So hard drive's um, response was a wonderful, hey, I'll give you a horse if you stop cropping your name off of our article. You may ask, why would they say give us a horse? Is it because it's like their children? No, because it's come out uh, in the past few weeks uh, that uh, e- Elon allegedly offered a horse for uh, a hand job for basically an erotic massage to so, to one of the airline attendants on his on, on his private plane. And they settled out of court for two hundred fifty thousand dollars with that attendant when she, after she refused. And she, and she claims that after that, she couldn't get work anymore uh, for that. So that's why that's a brilliant response. Um, and then he responded, well, if, if you make something that looks like a meme and someone not me crops off your name, so it goes. And also, this is only a six out of ten meme. So maybe step down from that high horse. Speaking of horse, this person is unaware and just oblivious and is an unfunny fucking dork. Elon Musk. I'll just say that. Um, so, he's he's uh, unfunny. And he like his whole thing is unaware. he's he's 50 and he wants to be cool with the worst shitheads on the Internet. He wants to be hip with the, with the kids. He wants to be he want, doing fellow kids. That's Elon Musk. He, he wants 4chan to like worship him. He wishes he like he's just he's awful. So they replied with another one. A uh, hard drive that says, okay, well, let me know what you think about this one. And it's Elon Musk admits he wants to travel to Mars because no one hates him there. Yes. Um, 
<laughs> and Musk replied, less funny than SNL on a bad day. The lack of awareness here. The lack of awareness. Just just teeing it up. This could make a drunk person sober, which is such a fucking boomer response. Yep. And he says, try harder. And then hard drive is like salivating the person writing yes. the tweets. Because I would have been. And they tweeted, well, you're the expert on SNL's bad days showing uh, sad Wario, Elon Musk as Wario on SNL when he hosted it last year. Yeah. So then when you uh, click on it, I think it's this one. Uh, Elon Musk then realizing his defeat uh, decides to just use uh, keywords, code words that, you know, make him sound smart and says, the reason you're not funny is because of wokeism. Yes, that's what it is. That's what it is. And while I've always uh, found hard drives politics to be agreeable with mine, I don't think they're out of their way to be woke my my, my favorite my favorite uh response was this top one if elon musk hates socialism so much why is he always getting publicly owned <laughs> yeah brilliant. so so it just goes back to the, the hero worship and obviously there's a bunch of elon musk fanboys out there that are in love with him and you can't say anything bad about their god and, oh, I'm uh, sure our comment section is and hard drive hysterical. So hard drive got a, got a big boost from this, obviously. And they put, oh, they, yeah, they, that's they, the they, other thing. Like yeah. the, the hard drives responses. I don't I don't spend a whole lot of time with the Internet popularity contest thing. But the word is ratio. Uh, they they destroyed him in the the likes game. But then they did a apology on their website for this. And it's I don't know if you read. That. No, it's, I did not. <laughs> it's funny. OK, it's brilliant. And it's funny. Uh, and it, it talks about the woke stuff and. Uh, one of the lines from it real quick, it's like, we know how harsh a 6 out of 10 meme is in video games. That's, that means it's practically zero. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. It was, I don't know who wrote that article, but like, I'd love to be able to, you know, try, try to submit an article sometimes because that's like my cup of tea, that sort of writing. So that's good, good. stuff. It, it, that's good shit. That's good shit. It is. Speaking of good shit and wrestling again. Yeah. So uh, it was alerted on Friday, uh, SmackDown. Uh, we have our first... Um, uh, poster board uh, of, of the intelligent Miko appearing at a wrestling event. Someone, Someone tagged us like right as it happened, and we had a picture within like half an hour. And it just says it's uh, right by the entrance. It's clear as day. It says intelligent Miko scammed me with a little frowny face. With a little frowny, <laughs> frowny face. face. And if you know about wrestling events the past few years, there's lots of like nerdy video game signs. That like Final Fantasy Nine is underrated yes. stuff like that. You see lots of those like RPG yep. stuff, and it, it's like I guess there's a crossover there in some of the audience, and it's just fun yeah. stuff. And it's just it, nerdery. It's just it's nerdery. That's a good word. It's just trivial. Plus, uh, you know, like the New Day have been kind of nerdy and geeky and so, a lot of their stuff the past several years. Uh, so there's been like this crossover. Um, Credit where it's due. I believe the person who is holding up the sign goes by Dean TV. Uh, uh, Kenny Omega is super nerdy and geeky into uh, video TV game Dean. stuff, and so he he's worked that into his literally his move set, the V trigger, uh, one of his, his special setup moves. In the well, game his stuff. his his big finisher, One Winged Angel, is a, a reference to Sephiroth from Final Fantasy. VII. Oh, okay, yeah, that's the name of the song that plays. So that's definitely oh, okay. a, a deep cut. Yeah, too. he's into that stuff, um, obviously, and he liked a certain NES guy, but I gave him the digital version anyway. Um, so. So the point is, is that it's funny to see that, and and I think going forward, um, it might not necessarily become a meme in, in in the gaming industry, but it's it, it's going to be looked at probably as one of the the biggest failures slash scams we like we've seen in the gaming realm. Cause, yep, because even like these people were saying that Gizmodo actually came out. You and know? I'm, I'm totally into calling it a scam at this point. Lots of people are not getting their money back when oh, they yeah. were told that you know your, I think your people refunds are, are. People might be trying to do by this point. Maybe hopefully they're trying to do some sort of a 
uh, God, it's too late for credit cards. Uh, I, I, it depends on how many months for like PayPal disputes and things like that. Like, if credit card usually, it's, I think it's up to six months. But if you if you if you pre-order this two years ago, you might be out of luck. Yeah, at that point, you know, you might be out of luck. So, you know, it's just funny. Uh, keep the signs coming. Keep the memes coming. Uh, don't don't let them get away with anything. Don't let them get away with things because they're going to try to run and hide. Um, they're already trying to hide. They're trying to hide. Not tweeting out, not talking about. I really don't think this quiet period is ever going to actually come to an end. Yeah. I, I think that this is, the money this is it. This is it. They, they, they took the money and ran. And it's and it's it's a shame because it was our worst nightmare. And then it came to life. And uh, Tommy is definitely he, he's he's too narcissistic to not try to come back at some point, And no one should let him forget this. No. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Ian, yes, we have a scumbag seller of the week, week, week. Maybe more than a week. Uh, <laughs> this was alerted to us late last night. Maybe, maybe of all time. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's bad. Uh, there was there, this was tweeted a couple of days ago. Then we got a, a info dump late last night. Uh, so a this. yeah a lot. So someone within the uh, big box PC game collecting scene. Um, That's a group on Facebook, too. Uh, right. Has been uh, uh, outed as having sold an enormous amount of counterfeit uh, copies of, of old computer games, uh, largely the Ultimas and uh, Aclabeth, uh which we, was well, the precursor. I think, at this point, I think they're probably still trying to figure out the scale, but this guy was this, selling stuff right. for several years. years. Right. So it's like, w- this is early on trying to see what the hell do we have out here. But it was first noticed as, yeah, who knows yeah. what else is there, but the, the first thing that people have noticed is, is the Ultima games, and just tons of them. Uh, unfortunately, uh, this guy who tweeted it, Dominus of Exalt, don't know his name, uh, this used to be the centerpiece of my collection rare and expensive old games now it turns out i've been scammed and sold forgeries by a well-known figure in the ultima and retro games community along with many others and it shows basically all of his copies including something signed yeah. by richard uh looks like richard garriott yeah so like that's where this is going to go so the, the the alleged the alleged counterfeiter scammer is uh, uh enrico ricciardi it's someone out of italy and they were also a moderator of the big box pc game collectors um, group it sounds like on facebook so like this is a, was a person in power right an influence in this community i don't know i don't know i collect big box pc stuff here and there i've been doing it for a long time i'm not part of any of these groups so i don't know who, sure. who i like like i knew who the players were like on nintendo ways i don't know who the players are in this in this category here so um basically they're they're looking for all sorts of stuff the level of uh it's interesting when you just look at these, especially as a person like me, and I guess for a lot of pe- the, the people here, um, too, uh, who are collecting them, these are older games, the ones that he's been counterfeiting. 40-year-old games. Yeah, they're the ones that come in, like, these are the ones that came in plastic Ziploc bags. Um, you know, they were a lot of, you know, there was a lot of, like... Uh, hand done stuff basically uh like the acrobats that you know use two labels there's one over an existing label and 
it, but once you start comparing these, uh, the forgeries are pretty, pretty obvious. Yes. Um, one of the things that, and I guess I should have thought about it. Um, collectors don't really play this stuff, and if this this stuff has got to be worth a lot of money at this point, you're probably not taking a magnetic disc out and playing it. Well, computer game collectors don't. Right, a lot of them don't have like I don't have a, a probably a, you know a, a nice DOS machine laying around. Right, there are some people do. who will do that, yes. but it's not everyone. Not everyone has an Apple II that's functional Plus, or or an, Atari, or an Atari computer sure. exactly, and you can so, emulate. So uh, a lot of times, people don't ever touch this stuff. Um, which brings me to my next point. Some of these counterfeits didn't even have game data uh, written to them. Sure. They were blank, not unreadable, just blank. Uh, they were talking uh, in, in this info dump we got about how there are tapes that actually have like music on them instead of game data or nothing at all. So, so the counterfeiter, the alleged counterfeiter didn't even go that extra step right. in order to put the proper uh, file on there. Probably realized they're never going to play it, which is kind of funny. Yeah, that they didn't go that, which is probably the easiest step to just copy it over. Right, you find a floppy, uh, you know, five and a half on an old computer, and, and copy the data over. There's ways to write from a PC to an Apple disk. Like oh, you could okay. literally just. And the person never did that. Um, the the one in question, real quick. The one in question I've seen a lot, and I could almost always find a copy for sale is the California Pacific Computers Acolabeth. Sure. So we're talking the early Acolabeth. Uh, top of the Orchard software, it has the green, the green and white label on that. I can't tell you how many times, Ian, and I'm not saying I saw all counterfeits. I used to see that on whenever I was just search for old games, I would see that a decent amount of time. Sure. And I don't know how many of those they made, but they couldn't have made that many that 40 years later, they're right, they were almost regularly for sale. I, I remember you know? sitting at a um, uh, the Retro Road Show. At uh, Portland, the one year, mm-hmm. and someone had that, and we that were same one. I, I'm pretty sure it was that. What that was one of sold them, and we were talking about it, and they couldn't remember like what it would be worth. So I remember looking it up, and I remember saying, "Oh, there's a couple of them on here, and not as expensive as I would have thought. Expensive, but not as expensive as I would have thought. Maybe like a few hundred dollars, a couple hundred dollars, yeah, yeah. hundred bucks. I think I think maximum like five. I okay. think, but I think it was like two fifty. Um, so this is what I'm going to say is this: one of the reasons. This goes back to what we talked about. You know, will PC gaming ever be as big as as console gaming? One of the reasons why this flew under the radar is one of the reasons is that there's a lot less PC game collectors. Where like it, it, it wouldn't be noticed as easily. When it's a smaller group, it's not. When it's a more trusting smaller. I was going to say in a group, smaller group that uh, you feel like a club and the tr- there's there's higher levels of trust. Yes. Retro gaming got so big and so out of hand that everyone got to the point where they were jaded or you know uh, uh, leery of you know most interactions and uh, sales and things like that. But in a computer group like this. Um, you know, it's a smaller hobby. They've probably these people have probably talked to each other, for, each years, other for, for years, yeah. for years and years. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I feel like it's got to be heartbreaking for some of these people to realize that you know a, a person they looked up to, a person who was considered like a, a, a um, paragon, the word of the the scene, you know, and ends up being the person who shoves it out or sells the shit. But that's the thing; these people, once they get into a position of trust, they know they're not going to be questioned. Yes. And then I guess a lot of the times, probably, it's, I mean, we're talking about PC stuff being hard to find versus games. I mean, the scales, we talked about how many, you know, the PC stuff was an older crowd 40 years ago. The people that bought this were already adults. Uh, they probably threw that stuff out, retired, 
You know what I mean? Like that wasn't transferred to kids. It was worthless stuff, right? In the eighties and, and even the nineties, the stuff from the, the you know the, the 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 five and a half floppies. We tossed the ones out that we had, even like the the ones that were you know copied games that were. Like, you still find boxes of five and a quarter floppies at uh, or five. It's five and a quarter, three and a half. Yes. Okay. Um, you still find boxes of those at flea markets and shit, and they're worthless. Yeah, a lot of them are worthless. The, the, but, the amount of the amount of like. Uh, media like physical media out there is huge for these computers but in terms of like these these games like this that didn't have a big print run oh, uh, sure. they were tossed yeah uh, like like there's uh, looking at one of these things there's a japanese pc88 mystery house release so mystery house was the first you know graphical game uh that that sierra did um and so this was uh oh, gotta shut off my 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 uh email there so this was something that was sold to um let's see which i just lost it because i'm trying to shut things up was this the one that was sold to kevin yes this was sold to kevin uh so he went through the contents and went through them and looked at the label of the floppy and could tell that it was looked like some form of a scam uh, a scan uh, talking uh, about the dot background in the back yes. like you can see it even gets like a little magenta and, and, the, cyan. and the label was hand cut yeah, from a machine because a machine is precise doing yes. those versus hand cut. You're gonna do it with a, a scissor, even even like one of those uh, little arm things go down. It's not gonna be 100 percent like uh, perpendicular and squared, yeah. uh, stuff like that. Color differences, um, the feelies, like it looks like the uh, the instruction uh, little uh, paper. You can tell the same thing. It was different color paper, different color, different material, pattern of cyan, yeah. magenta ink. So and one of the things that they they mentioned in this uh, that's that I just want to point out they printed the wear onto the labels. Oh really? So they even examined the label to see if it was actually was real wear. It's it's printed and wow. one of the so labels they, so they, they show they basically use a Photoshop file. In one of the photos they show, there's an indent. There's like a there's like a like a almost like a nail mark like on the label printed on. But when you examine it, it's not actually there. It's wow. printed on so from these the scan. So these collectors took it for granted that they were getting. They they weren't even examining what they got. Right. They were not, not, not even playing it. They weren't even opening these up and examining them. They thought, oh, it's real. The box looks okay. It's real. Basically, um, going back to the California Pacific Computers Alphabet. This person, Kevin, I was talking about that. Talking about um, you know the, the dot pattern uh, from from the the printing on there. Uh, talking about. Um, yeah, you can see the dots clearly. You can see like the, the red around the green printing from like we're talking like just like a laser printer uh, that did that. Um, and then there was the cassette, the uh, Dungeon Quest Temple of Apshai, uh, which was a tape game. And this yes. is the one where I saw this and I was like, I know it's hindsight's twenty twenty, but when you see the tape, uh, did I not see that one at the bottom? The tape, you can tell instantly something's up yeah because you can tell that the way it's cut and the way it's placed is not like it's not even centered like when you saw stickers on cassettes from the 80s you know it, it was an oval around uh what do they call the two gear things in the left and right though two wheels sprockets sprockets that's what, <laughs> that's what i'm gonna call so this person made labels printed them in photoshop they said even the font was different like on the address they couldn't match the font entirely the silver looks even different, but that's fine. So when they eat, when they put it on, you, you got to place it by hand. It's yeah. not even close, close to being centered no. on it. And it's I've always off. said that when it comes to uh, 
when it comes to counterfeits, like talking about NES ones, it's and hard to that, put those labels it, on. The, yeah, the label is the first thing you got to look at because unless it's being done by a machine, it's always going to be a little off center. Yeah, because even you use like a tweezer and put that on, you got like to apply that evenly. That's it's tough. tough. I'm sure there's people out there, maybe like model decals. builders yeah. who can do it. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. People probably put decals and stuff like yeah, that's tough. Uh, so that was Kevin's stuff, and there's a few other documents. Uh, there's also, uh, I guess, like a master document. Uh, and, and, and shout out to the community for not only, uh, you know, kicking this person from the group, but also putting together these documents so yes, quickly, so within, quick. within a, couple, a couple of days, they put us together talking about, um, you know, other ones that have been found from uh, alleged counterfeits from Enrico Ricciardi uh, here um, from like this Ultima pro game version. I think you mentioned that one. Yes. The colors. Are when, just, when we were looking at it this morning, the, the colors, colors are totally, totally fucking wrong. Yeah. And, and I think that's what goes back to like expertise in circles. When you have a small group of people to rely upon and there's less people that have this stuff to say, Hey, Hey, like if I was buying a little Samson, Ian, I could find a collector to, to show me a little Samson. Sure. It'd be a lot tougher for me to find some of these games quickly for something right. I knew and trusted. Hey, Ian, show me your Ultima, the pro game version of it. Right. You have that? Oh, yeah, pal. I'll take a picture. Sure. Of like, that's a little bit tougher. <laughs> One second, buddy. And that's what I mean. We're talking about games that are like, you're not going to find these easily uh, to begin with. And there's less collectors. So the colors are totally off. They're like, I mean, the, the, the saturation levels, you want to call it the vibrance. They're just totally off. Like the, the, the blacks. They're wrong. Yeah, like like for example, like uh, the, the 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 counterfeit one, like the the background is like black, and on the real version, you can see more of the flame browns and reds coming through in the background. And again, it's hindsight, but now that people are looking at this, it's like totally opposite. It's tough, and it, it really uh, does go all the way back. It's it just it's it's a matter of trust. These pe- this guy earned these people's trust and fucked them, took yeah, them for a ride. This Lord British photo, you can definitely see the difference in the contrast and the white levels of him on. It's on the in the package. It's clear. That's it's another clear thing people lose a, when you yeah. do scans. One of the back of the boxes shows like when you're reading the address on the back, it's missing the comma because it's just something a scanner might not have picked up. Sure, that's a good point. Or, if they, or maybe they redid it and forgot to put it in. Right with the font, but either way, it's not there. The photo, the photo quality is night and day in terms of it. it like you, yep. it's not even close there. Uh, the manuals, uh, different colors, clarity in the copy. One crazy uh, one that I want to point out is that there's the autograph in gold. There's a they show these autographs. Okay, they scanned the autograph cover and put it on another box so it looked like it was autographed. But the autograph is in the exact same. They took, they scanned both of them and, and overlaid them. It's the exact same. So one of them's not even a real autograph. It's printed so on. So it's both a forgery now, potentially. Yes. And, and you know, well, was it, it was originally an autograph and now it's, or did he Yeah, it was, it was an original autograph that was actually. New, bo- new box yeah. with it. And, 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 then, and then they scanned it and printed a new box with it. Uh, I mean, so fucking this, re- insane. So this person was prolific. We're talking, they're finding tons of examples of this. Again, this is all early Ultima and Aquilabeth, which became, uh, you know, Ultima after that. They were talking late 70s, early 80s games here. I think at some point someone must have must have asked, like, how does this one person have all this stuff in right. Italy? How do they have all this stuff that, you know, came out here and they have all this, all these different variants of this stuff? Well, too. I mean, I want to say, you know, I, I don't know what the um, demographics of that collector group are, but if they're all in the U.S. or mostly in the U.S. and you've got some guy in Italy, it's easy to just think, 
Uh, he's some eccentric collector who's got a lot of money. Yeah, because I've heard yeah, he's overseas. Yeah, international collectors. Yeah, you, there's lots this. of them. I mean, there's yeah. uh, in France, there's a shitload of like really high profile PC engine collectors. So it's probably not hard to just be like, okay, this is a guy who has money and he's spent the past 10 years building this collection. This person also counterfeited, like, you know, they, they put like version stickers on, like circular stickers. Yeah. They did that. So they figured out they were hand cut. They weren't like perfect circles or they were like rotated in different ways. They were because they're put on by hand. So this person did a hey they did a bang up job fooling people for years, yeah. Um, and no one just checked. It looks like they even weathered some some of the boxes. That's what it looks like they did did some weathering on the boxes to make sure that you know it looked it looked older. Um, so this is what I'm going to say. Obviously, once uh, you know any sort of hobby becomes bigger, um, you're going to have potentially fakes and counterfeiters come into this. The problem with PC gaming is that it's e- it's so much easier to counterfeit. Uh, floppy games all you got to do is find there's tons of five and a half you can find from old games that are worthless or even you can find i have a box of un, uh, unopened sealed five and a half about the flea yeah. market you can find that ian and then it's just doing it then it's just doing the labels at that point right it's just so simple you want to say hey pat oh yeah you can try to do a little samson i i can't, i i don't think there's been a case of someone that's been fooled by a high-end uh, cart game yet no i don't think because so either. once you open up you got to do the board too yeah, and that's where it's like really tough. That's a lot that. easier to discover um, the issue. But even the labels are usually are are pretty uh, clear, and even oh, yeah. even the plastics are you know different. Uh, I, I always yeah. talk about how uh, uh, you can I can I can see a I can especially with like N sixty four for example I can see a counterfeit by its plastic before it's sure. in my hand. But even if you use like a real game, Ian, to sort oh sure do that, you're gonna the label mm-hmm. and the board. That's where yeah. it's going to be tough. That's where it's going to be tough. Uh, to do that and there hasn't been from we know something like this ever happened prototypes is something different prototypes there's so so much less knowledge when it comes to that right. stuff they are only one-offs people have been fooled wada has been fooled by them uh for, for for games that were made up to be prototypes that were not really prototypes they were just you know they found just boards and put put the you know the the, the game code on there you right. know and things like that that's totally different commercial products i have not heard a good story about a high-end skim besides neo geo games because, sure, Neo Geo games because yeah. those, for some reason, are super easy to <laughs> to produce for whatever reason. Right. That that's the only weird thing. Uh, they fake cassettes here as well. Um, so yeah, it's really. I feel bad. This person, they're in another country. I don't know if they, how they're, if they're going to be held accountable uh, for all this stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you you. Oh, real quick before we end this, they did put out like a good sort of um, anti scammers guide. Yes. That unfortunately, it's like you wish they people w- would have this and would be hearing this all the time, but it's almost like you have to have something bad to happen to wake you, you up. You do, and you know we talk about how you know if a, a scene gets you just mentioned if a scene gets big, you know it You're opens it up to, to scammers, yeah. but. A scene that stays too small, it is entirely based on trust, and especially like something like this, where the wealth of knowledge is not as great as video games, it's easy to find a scammer. They just have to... It's it's almost more disgusting, because it it, it really relies more on trust. Yeah. Um, Here's some of the advice, if it's too good to be true, yeah. Look past your excitement for the object you've been wanting for so long. I think that's probably what a lot of this is. These are like games where, well, I'm not going to see another one of these in for years, I gotta buy it now. Yep. You know, I gotta buy it. Uh, compare a copy you were thinking of getting to a known verified copy online. That's the first thing I did when I the person approached me, uh, Mike, with the uh, the uh, God great no the gold NWC card. Ian. Sure. The yeah. first thing the first thing I did was like, 
are any of these images he sent me online. And right. once I verified, these are all unique images. Yeah, do I'm your like, reverse image search for all that. Look, look for every known instance of it. Look on antenna waves. That's what I did. Wow, that was like, goddamn it, 11 years ago. Jeez. Um, well, I looked to make sure, okay, these are all unique images. So either this guy, either this guy made his counterfeits or, but, or this is real. That's like, I, you know, I, we quickly figured out that it was, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, that's what I did at first. I didn't just say, oh, here's the money. Right. You know, I, I literally <laughs> flew out to the guy and examined the game in hands. You know, I, I literally did that. Um, what else? Be- beware vague origin stories. That's good. Old man who had a software store. <laughs> Allegations that it came from the original game developer. It was a gift. It's like, yeah. Uh, insist on PayPal or, or a method that gives you some, some kind, of, kind of protection. Yes. Not just, oh, just uh, wire me the money. Right. The old wire me the money th- thing. Uh, if you're going to spend a couple grand on something, you can afford to tell them that you'll be having it examined by an expert under a microscope. Yes. Yes. Get, yeah. Buy a, buy a freaking little glass, a little like magnifying glass at the, the dollar store. Like, look, you can do that at least. Um, and then red flags on here. Uh, if if the, if the seller insists on keeping the trade or sale secret, uh, yes, absolutely, that has never happened to me. But I guess it must have happened with this individual. Uh, it, there, there was, uh, I think, when you read through everything, there's, uh, there's like two or three examples of him telling them to keep the trade secret. I would first ask why, why, yeah, and why? They would say, well, you know, I don't want to piss people off. It's like ah, that's that's weird. Uh, remember, the job of the con is to sell you. Uh, they have a reason for everything, including exam- explaining away concerns. Yes. Inconsistencies are explained away with a possible second print. Yes, this happens, but the older a title is, the chance that a new print would alter things more dramatically is, you know, it's going to be slimmer. We're right. talking about games that didn't get huge runs to begin with. Exactly. We're going to do second print runs of these, uh, of, a, of a, you know, TRS 80 version of a game. No, that's not going to happen uh, for the most part there. Um, forgers tend to have an obsession with pointing out forgeries and sharing details of what makes a copy authentic, usually using their own material as evidence. That is funny to me. I guess it probably yeah. happens in other fields as well. Right. No, I'm wow. sure it does. That's pretty funny. Any other ones that you, that you see that are, that are interesting? It's just, you gotta, you gotta be careful. You're, you're spending four figures on games, or maybe five figures. You gotta put in your due diligence on this. Yeah. I'm not saying you gotta fly out to get things, but I mean, you have to ask around on this stuff. Yeah, you do. I just, yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to say. I think it's awful. I also don't know that I wouldn't have fallen victim to. I mean, think about it, and then it, it's just, yeah, it's it's a sad story. Uh, scammer tries to call into question how knowledgeable the other collectors are. So trying to say, oh, we don't know what they're talking about. This is real, right? Oof, God, yeah, it's a it's a sad story. Um, if this was like someone selling. You know, hard to find NES games or something. It would be like, hu- I mean, huge news. Massive. Talk, talk about the volume of, of collectors versus uh, the PC gamers. So I hope there's recourse, but it sounds like a lot of these are, you know, this guy's out of the country, which obviously is, help- is helpful. Uh, if you're going to him. Scam. Yeah, for him. Um, and um, yeah, I, I just feel awful about yeah. it. No, it sucks. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, and, and Rico's a scumbag seller of the week. We got uh we got we got a Patreon. We do patreon.com slash CU podcast. You go, you pay a little, you get uh what writings. I'll get one up soon. Uh you get uh bonus bits, bonus bits, uh weekly we, bonus podcast. We talked about uh, movies. stranger things and, and the slasher Winnie the Pooh movie that was yeah. is coming out. This movies week. in general. Uh you get the full video podcast and you get to be part of uh, voting on these poll topics. You do. And everyone's super happy with all the choices ever that they vote on. Oh yeah, they're always so happy. In second place. Defending retro games that pe- most people dislike, 34%. And in first place, 66%, that's super majority. Um, 
But well, that's the veto supermajority to overwrite the veto. Uh, if video game years was remade, what would be done differently now? This is the 10th year anniversary of the video game years. Sure. And it's one of the most common things that brought up to uh, at least me, if not, you know, we go to conventions. Say, I love video game years. You know, it'd be great to see the 90s. 90s is not happening. I'll just say that before we get to the topic. But it's interesting that we talked about before the progression of like video game documentaries and the, even the past three, four years, how many more they've had versus 10 years ago when there really wasn't much of anything. There was like a sure. ha- less than a handful at the time. Um, and looking back, when we go back and watch, I don't know how often you watch. I don't know if you watch when I re-premiered the, I on don't, my channel. I, I can't watch myself. You can't I, watch I yourself? cannot do it. But in general, though, in terms of the tone and style of video game years, it was VH1. I love the 80s. Yes, of course. Yeah, that was, that was, that was it, no, there was no, uh, no hiding it. That was the influence. And that was sort of like the in vogue sort of documentary style for sort of like, not, not saying the video game stuff was silly and there was more serious topics. Yeah. Like, like, like the, uh, the video game crash and things like that. But like that was sort of like the structure that we said this is acceptable at the time. Yeah. Uh, ten years later, that's not the acceptable structure for doing documentaries or edutainment. It just isn't. Um, it, well, it's not. It's it's certainly not the structure for anything that's going to be forty five minutes in length. Sure. People will look up similarly concise information on games, but they'll they'll look it up specifically. Sure. And also the style has become like we want to deep dive into one topic for like twenty minutes or a half hour. Or like Norm does Super Mario World, it's over an hour, hour long. Right. Versus like if we did Super Mario World in the video games, you know, video game years, uh, you know, 91, um, it would have been, you know, five, six minutes. We could have talked about a lot of the game and a little bit of the history, but we're not doing what someone like Norm's doing. We just, right. just no, not fit, at all. It doesn't fit the format. It's like get in, get out, basically, sort of thing. Um, Super Mario Brothers, we talked about probably for five, six minutes. So Super Mario World probably would have been the same thing. Right. Um, so, you know. So when you look at like if we what we have done differently, I think we would have at least in my mind, Ian, we would have condensed down the subjects into a lot less. We would have yes, we, we would have, we would have done less topics. We would have done less topics with more in depth on each topic with deeper dive. So say like you know we would have done maybe it would have been like eight, you know eight topics a year, something like that. So at least each topic gets five six minutes seven minutes each, you know something like that. Yeah. That, that probably would have been... And we did start out with only that amount of topics earlier on when there's less to talk there about. There was less to talk about. But once you hit the 80s, there's just... Well, the, the arcade explosion, there's just too much to talk about. Well, and, and there is... It, it, you know, I, I don't... Most... I would say 80% of what we covered was stuff that was worth covering. It's just, was it worth covering in, in that that amount of time? Yes. And it's tough, too, once you get into the, the nitty-gritty and you get into, like, just this dump of potential topics um it, it's it's tough to make the cut it, it's tough to decide where to make the cut and i mean the thing the crazy thing is about all the the, the amount of topics we did for some of those years we had more we started with more yeah, and basically I, how that worked I, was and like for, and we forgot a very important game the one important game we i forgot about was pirates that we did not talk about oh, i love that super game important game and out of all the games like we we hit all the the ones we should have we forgot about that one yeah that's a good one um but uh, it was like you and, and Rue would kind of get the topics together, and if there was a tiebreaker vote, I would. You was a tiebreaker. I was. I was kind of the tiebreaker. Yeah, because Rue and me had wildly Are different. They, yeah, if there was. I'm sorry. If you two were alternate, one was pro, one was negative. I had to break the tie. Yeah, but um, I think looking back, what what I would have done, done, Ian, was basically like almost like how the, the how the you know the um, Museum of Play has the, the Hall of Fame. Uh, these games have to be like almost Hall of Fame worthy to be spoken about. They do, or or super important cases. 
Yes. You know, like the Casey Munchkin like lawsuit thing. Like yes. that's important enough to get in because it's super important. Like, either super important to the industry or it's like a Hall of Fame game. Looking yeah. back, that's what I wanted. So I hate to say it. My, my favorite arcade game, Rolling Thunder, would not have made sure. my, my new version of it. Um, I hate to say it. Uh, you know, Goonies 2 and the NES ain't making it in. No. But we're talking about like these games have to tell. You cannot tell the history of video games basically without these subjects. That's the way I would phrase it. Yeah. Like, it's almost like you have to, like, without these, you lose something in the grand scheme of things. Well, and I think, it, it, so to to kind of go off of what you were saying, if we went back, it wouldn't be less topics. It would be drastically less topics because you'd have to really stick to what you said. Yes. And we would lose, and I, I don't mean it necessarily as a negative, but we would lose two-thirds, half of those topics. Unless we did something like, we could have done like a, a more generic topics about like how like the, uh, you know the video game crash wasn't a specific game. So we did like okay, we're going to talk about Ian, um, all the adventure PC games. Yeah, from like these three four years that came out that were super important. All the Sierra ones, uh, you know, all the ones uh, like Ultima. Like if we just bundled some of those together, sure. You know, it's more like short stories. That's how I probably would see it. Being cover uh, it, cover a topic and not a, a specific game. Yes, and you can name off, you can rattle off names of yes. games in there and reference them quickly. And then devote move on. fifteen twenty minutes to PC games and and move on instead of yes. bringing up every PC game, every adventure game every year that yes. is important. And I don't think we would be stuck to the year format. Then it would just be like yeah, no, you topics. couldn't you you couldn't really do the year format. It would point. be like this. This was my dream that uh, pandemic didn't help at all. So I realized I I don't have the. Um, I don't have the um, the backing to do a project. I wanted to do uh, for for the the NBA did basically you know uh, fifty short stories about the history yeah. of the NBA, and um, some were like very like stuff you heard about. It's like oh the, you know Jordan's Nike deal. Well, then there was also like a story about you know this basketball camp that was super important that all these future Hall of Famers went to like they all, like all these like Hall of Famers went to this camp like in the late seventies early eighties. So like. Something you never heard about. Something interesting, but you only spend like maybe like three, four minutes on it. Right. But then something like the Jordan Nike thing, that's like 15 minutes sure. or like 12 minutes. So like you have these little like slices of life that you look at as right. you go through. You know, like, like for example, like uh, going back to like Norm, like Norm did like, you know, he's done videos just like on all the Zapper games, for example. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily do uh, something on all the Zapper games, but maybe like, talk about like light guns being a new sure, technology. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would like, work great. And go yeah. through like the, the, the second master system light gun go through the zapper, go through the Atari's light gun, and you just have this interesting slice of technology and maybe how that became, you know, big light gun arcade games. And then talk about that, that to me is how I would structure you know, the, a video game years like story in the future. Uh, it was attempted. Uh, Netflix came out with this uh, a couple years ago, Ian, the high score documentary. Yes. And we spoke about that. it and I did not give it the highest of grades. I thought it was too, too uh, small in scope in terms of who they spoke to. It was kind of... Um, the the, the 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 topics didn't didn't line up all the time. They weren't married sure. well to each other. I agree. In the episodes, it almost seemed like, well, Ian, we're going to talk to six people this episode. Let's try to make an episode out of it. Like that's what it seems. But they did do the one good segment, and this is one I thought about if I ever did new video game years. They talked to Jerry Lawson. Yep, that was a that was a great segment. Probably that was the, probably the highlight. best part. It was the it was the easily the highlight of the. Uh, of the show. Well, they talked to his family. Jerry Lawson uh, was the uh, was basically the creator of, of the the cartridge game. Created the cartridge game, and he worked on the Fairchild Channel F. And most people never heard of Jerry Lawson before. Right. Uh, I don't think he was the guy who did like a lot of interviews, or like, and he, and he died in 2011. So that, you know, retro gaming, you know, sort of blew up the past 10 years more. Like, if he was still around, I'm sure people would have talked to him and got him interviews. So that was great. They they talked to, um, uh, I think it was, was it the daughter and the grandson. 
Um, yes. and, and, and talked about like just a little bit of his history at the company. They showed him playing a fair child and no one talks about the fair child channel life at all. No, we brought up in video game years in 77, just because it was so important for 76. Um, that was the other thing I would do. Uh, so anyway, so, so the point is like, it was more of an intimate profile of someone. Um, I think that that'd be probably more of my vision if the show was, was remade, something like that. Yeah. Um, but another thing I would have definitely done, Ian, is I think what what, what do you want? I'm, I'm waiting to hear it because when you start something off like that, it's going to be interesting. What, what would oh, you have wow! Done? You give me credit. Okay, um, I would have done basically 25 minutes, everything before uh, basically up to the Odyssey. So we're talking. Oh yeah, t- tennis for two. If it's even 20 minutes, the stupid tic tac toe game, uh, the MIT computer stuff, uh, uh, space war. Everything that we pre- should have had precisely one episode on. We should have one episode, everything up to 77. We probably could have done that. Sure. Yeah. And we could have included the fair child. We could have done yep. Odyssey. We could have done all the pawn clones. We did the pawn clones in 77, but we could we have did. done that before. We then. covered, we covered. Those. But the point is, yes, we should have done looking back. We should have done pre basically pre 77 because that's when it really yeah. took off. We, we, we could have covered. Well, I would say what I was going to go with. So that's actually a little different than my. I agree that we could have done one short episode on that, like a half hour. But I feel like honestly, seventy-seven to eighty, we might have been able to truncate. Uh, there was some. There was some filler. Those early we, episodes we, we, are filler. We shouldn't have done a Star Wars segment. We shouldn't have done Simon because that's not a video game. Like that's that's. Well, that's hand. what I'm saying. Yeah, we no. really stretched it. We could at least seventy-seven and seventy-eight. Yeah, once you get to seventy-nine. Glassy yes, okay. Namco yes. stuff. You take but off 77 more. and 78 should have been Space one episode. Space Invaders was 78. I thought that was 70, 70, I thought that was 77. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't 77. No. Uh, it, it was, uh, Space Invaders came out in 78. Yes. Um, so the point is, is that okay? You would have done that. I, I, I would have done. that. I think we could have done shorter episodes for that. Could have done that too. I we were think, pretty like we were pretty intent but, on the 45 minute. Yes, because it was it was it was thinking about TV, TV. format still. Yeah. Uh, John comes from the TV world. That's probably what was part of it. Retroware TV, it's in the name. But uh, yeah, I, uh, definitely a pre-77 episode. Yeah. Odyssey, the first Odyssey, Pong clones, computer space, space worlds, or Pong, all that stuff. Tennis for yeah. two. Uh, that's enough. A half hour even, you get to that. We can do five minutes on the Odyssey. We weren't around for 50 years ago, but like we could have done five minutes on the Odyssey. Sure. And how important it was in, in Ralph Bear. Uh, we turned 100 in May. Uh, they did a posthumous um, rededication up in uh, New Hampshire, his home state for him. Uh-huh. He, has a, he has a little a little bronze uh, thing of him sitting down. Oh, that's cool. In the park there. I had no idea. And it's the 50th anniversary. Uh, this, I believe, September. Or it's the fall, September of, of the Odyssey. So there you go. Pretty All important right. year for video games. Pretty important year. Yeah. Pretty important year there. We'll, we'll see if something happens uh, with that. Any other thoughts? Yeah, thanks for saying an interesting thought, Ian. You never think I'd say something interesting. That's fantastic. <laughs> sure you do. Uh, <laughs> sure I do. <laughs> anyway, no, I have no other thoughts. That's that's about where I would end it. Okay. This segment of the CU podcast is brought to you by Into the AM. They have premium, high quality apparel, including nice graphic tees, basic tees, hoodies, and even boxer briefs. Even boxers. They got and, you and covered. I got the lost signal tee. Look at this. Vibrant colors. It's like an '80s sort of TV. You got some some VHS tapes. I love it. It's, it's retro. You got the Daisy Gang tee. Daisy Gang. 
This uh, little guy gets me. <laughs> this little guy gets me. I happy, think. happy flower. What I would like to point out is that the printing on these is really high quality. Yes. Uh, the colors, like I said, are vibrant. Doesn't like look like it's ever going to really wash out. And uh, it's like a bigger print than you usually get on a, a t-shirt, too. They sent me the jungle cat shorts. These are going to be, next time I go to the zoo, Ian, these are what I'm wearing. <laughs> You're going right to be the talk of the zoo. Talk of the zoo with the jungle cat shorts. They have a great deal going on. They have a bundle deal for the graphic tees. They're three for $60 right now. So you can freshen up your style. You go to intotheam.com slash podcast and you use code podcast and you'll get 10% off these very comfortable tees and all their gear on top of the bundle deal. You can do both if you want. Go look good and feel good with Into the AM. Uh, we got voicemails, Ian. We sure do. You go to yeah, that's you. You go to Anchor. You still won't learn it. Anchor.fm. What if I died, Ian? And you can't have to promote uh, the voice messages. You'd be totally lost. I just don't think we'd have a podcast okay. anymore. Well, you could get someone to fill in uh, into the share. Not um, interested. But, but just in case, write it down, Ian. Anchor.fm slash to see you podcast. Okay. To leave a voicemail. At least you can remember that there. I'd have to leave. I'd have to leave like Ian, like a USB drive in case I died with, with like, like a couple videos and passwords, uh, record, instructions yeah. and yep. everything to get into the account. Maybe I'll still do that. What to eliminate? What to eliminate? What to delete? <laughs> what to delete? Yeah, delete. Delete. Pass private folder. Delete. <laughs> that was one of the only uh, good things from the Man Show back in the day, um, pre Joe Rogan. Uh, uh, and the, uh, the first iteration was like uh, it was a corporation that once you died, they would go and like wipe out all your oh. weird shit that <laughs> right, you owned sure. before your family came over your house and discovered it. <laughs> that was actually a good funny sketch. Like all, all your, you know, your porno stash and weird toys and stuff. They would like get rid of all of it so your family never see that. <laughs> That's funny. Consider that if you die, what's going to happen? Yeah. You just don't care. You just, you just don't care. Anyway, so uh, we got voice messages, and here is the first one. Hey, Pat and Ian. Ian Pat. It's Jordan from Canada. Hey, Jordan. Uh, I'm just catching up on old episodes, and you're talking about going to see Mogwai and uh, forgetting your earplugs. Uh, I got to stress to anyone listening, please, please wear earplugs. Yes. I'm an audio engineer. I'm trained. Uh, when you learn about hearing loss and all the stuff that comes along with it, including tinnitus or tinnitus, however you want to put it, it's so important. I don't care what people think. No, earplugs look like. Yeah, no, wear them. My ears. Uh, I mean, yeah, like like, I'm I'm very pro earplug. I I didn't uh, not wear them because I was like I'm too cool. I just forgot them and it sucked. No, no, (laughs) and I I I bought them from the in my late twenties. I don't care if girls look at me like I'm a fucking nerd. Yeah, it's like I gotta listen when I'm older in life. I'm sorry about that. Shit, when we go and play pinball, Vonnie wears earplugs because the bar is too loud. Yeah, wear them. So important. Anyway, love the show. Thanks, you, Jordan. Yeah, that's super important. A solid PSA. Hey guys, Tim here from Minnesota. Another message for y'all. I'm just kind of wondering what you guys think the next uh, big collectible, big valuable thing is going to be with gaming. Um, Not necessarily just, uh, you know, Xbox 360 or Xbox One titles or PS4 titles, but maybe outside of that, what people are going to get into, what's coming in the future. I never really thought graded games were going to take off like they did. Uh, they're not. Yeah, well, that's the thing is like no one did because it wasn't a thing and it was it was ma- a And it's still not like it. It's I not, mean, it, it's it's it's, it's more popular than it was, but it's still a pretty small group of it's, people. It's not a thing. Until I see people buying and selling them at conventions. Right. That it's not a thing. Um, and people say, oh, Pat, there's there's people something. There's no almost no transactions happening. 
they're there, but they're, people aren't buying them. Yes. They're displaying them. Yes. It, it, it's or still in connections that, or, it's know. still in that stage where they've got to convince a bunch of other people to get into yes. it. Uh, as far as what's next, I have no idea. I really don't. We used to have a topic that sat there for a while. That was what's next. What's the next big thing in retro game collecting? As we had that as like a, a back pocket uh, mm-hmm. topic. And we never did it. We deleted it because it's, it's going to be whatever you will say, whatever was 20 years old. There yeah. you go. Right. Whatever is 20 years old, 25 years old. There you go. That's, That's what, what it is. Hey, guys. Mike from Chicagoland. Yeah. Mike. Ian, mm. I want to know what makes for an ideal CU podcast intro. Now, we already know the guidelines for Q&A. 20 to 25 seconds. Get right to the point. No need to heap praise on you guys. As I'm catching up on my back episodes, Ian, you seem to be the one who guides the direction and the timing of the intros a little bit more. So I want to know, in your opinion, what makes for a killer CU podcast intro? I don't know what makes for a killer CU podcast intro. We never used to do intros. Yeah. We just do like a few minutes. Hey, what's going on? And we go into topics. Yeah. Um, No, I I really like the intros. I think, I mean, obviously the intros are best if we have multiple topics that we can cover in two to three minutes each. And I like a variety of them. I like to get something NFT in there. Uh, I like to talk. It's more traditional podcasting. Yeah. I like to talk. I like to, these days especially, I've been enjoying hearing what Pat has to say about TV shows that I will never watch. So I at least feel somewhat knowledgeable about them. Um, I enjoy catching (laughs) up on the movies. Um, In in terms of me being, I, I know because people have pointed it out, uh, it's not boredom, but if we are going to get behind somewhere and have like an exceptionally long podcast, we get behind in the intro um, yes. usually. So we've, we've done 55 minute intros before. Usually, so I like the 30 minute. Ones. It's not me. being. I'm not trying to be short with Pat and it's not that I'm disinterested, but like there are times in an intro, I'll be like, holy fuck, we've been on this for 10 minutes. We got to. Yes, we got to go. And I'll just say, OK, moving on. Usually that's why we stopped doing wrestling topics. I went on forever. That's one of the reasons why Plus, people didn't care for the most part about them. Something um, we don't really care about that we can talk about <laughs> endlessly. It's also we don't need it since we're professionals. Uh, we're, we're good at it. We don't we don't do a warm up. We just go into the podcast. Yeah, no, we just hit go. Uh, that's why we have good chemistry. That's why we always do it. Like some podcasts, I'm not calling out certain podcasts, but like some would require like a warm up. Like oh, it's well, into I mean, talking, we, conversing, which is you know fine. I get here 45 minutes early and we we chat a little bit, but it's it's not it's not a rehearsal. It's show prep. Yeah. It's just like, what are the topics we're talking about? Let's let's narrow this down, sort of thing. Don't don't pull the curtain back, Ian. Yes, we to pull the curtain back. Uh, well, I don't. Uh... Sergeant Zombie here. Hey, Pat. I was just wondering. After this whole Amico dumpster fire is completely over, if Hulu comes out with a series called Pat and Tommy, who do you guys want playing <laughs> you, and who do you think would make a good Tommy? Well, people say I look like Mark Ruffalo more and more, which is interesting. So I'd clearly be Paul Dano. Well, Dano. I, I I got so much of that when Batman came out. I still have to see that. I got watch it. I watched it. Three no. hours is, is it should be trimmed a little bit, or you feel like it's. You know what? I, it, I, it, I heard it's more like a, like a longer extended cut. It was it was uh, it was a long movie, but I I enjoyed it very. I, I thought it was a good movie. I, yeah, you probably could have trimmed it in spaces, but um, it didn't hang at any part for me. Like it it didn't feel slow. Gotcha. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Mike from New Jersey. Love the show. This message is for Pat. So I caught you saying last episode that Cherry Hill is not part of New Jersey. <laughs> well, I just want to let you know, coming from Marlton, that you guys are just a bunch of fake New Yorkers. Whoa! Okay? Talk to you later. Wow! That's, <laughs> that's funny, Mike. Wow! That's funny, being that most people that work in New York live in North Jersey, and they commute a lot of them. 
It's also funny, Mike, that the New York <laughs> the New York Giants and the New York Jets play in New Jersey. They're Jersey teams, technically. Yeah, they are. They're not New York teams. That's why the Bills are the best. Let me tell you something, Mike. <laughs> Let me tell you something, You're Mike. You're so Jersey that everyone that lives near you likes the Philadelphia Phillies yeah. and the Philadelphia Eagles, and you're telling me that's Jersey, but people in North Jersey are fake? Uh, Jersey, are you are you kidding me, Mike? <laughs> Save it, Mike. Save it, Mike. If you turn on your, your, your TV and, and there's the Eagles on on Sunday, you ain't Jersey. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Next one here. All in good fun, Mike. Pat and Ian, what's going on? Met you guys both at PRGE 2016. And then, Pat, I saw you again for a second time in Syracuse uh, that November. Um, so I just wanted to ask quick, I know you guys have pushed back on the whole sealed uh, WADA thing, VGA ordeal. But do you think there's a certain time frame where it's necessary, perhaps like Super Nintendo and before that, just because it's so rare and you don't really come across a lot of the stuff unless it's super common. Like, uh, I, I think I think um, there's a point, obviously, for auth- authentication. Right. Yes, absolutely. But the way that the grading scene gets you is that they not only authenticate, they have to add the grade of it on top. Right. And that's where the trick is. There's lots of lots of other industries and collectibles like antiques, you know, paintings, historical documents where they authenticate, but they're not going to throw a fucking grade on it. That only came into play with with uh, with with money, money collectibles and like baseball cards coins. And, and coins and stuff like that. Well, I'm talking about you know, dollar bills and two. Oh, like yeah, yeah, sure. So like that's where I think. People are like, well, what, why can't there be an option just to authenticate? Like, why can't yeah. there be? Like, I think there'd be a market for that as well. It's because that's not the market anymore. It's all about that's how you can tell it's people that really want it. That was the market yeah. 10 years ago, and I did it for free at Luna Video Games. Like, two locations. Two locations. <laughs> oh, you got the Ian stamp? Like, it's a yeah. face of Ian stamped on it's It's approved. I mean, I, all, all the time, people would come and be like, can you tell me if this is a real cartridge or not? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let me get out my tools and we'll do it. Um, but yeah, there's not a. Oh, and, he, and he was just more qualified than someone, you know, at WADA in order to say that, like that, that, that it's real. Because WADA screwed up a prototypes. We didn't talk about that at, at the one, on topic where someone mentioned that uh, there's one of computer games that could have been a forgery that uh, from that guy in, in Italy went to WADA and got graded. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They said that it's possible. Yeah, it's possible potential. So I mean, like that's what we're talking about. So it's like when it comes to that, that's what makes me laugh as well. It's like. There's plenty of experts around, too, that could authenticate, but we don't have companies to put things in fucking acrylic plastic cases. Right. That's the, that's the only difference uh, to do that uh, there. Uh, but no, it, it is necessary to authenticate. Absolutely. Uh, next one here. Hi, Pat and Ian. I'm M from Colorado, and I've been listening to the podcast for probably eight years now, uh, and I just finished up my first year in college. And I was wondering if you guys had any advice about, like, finding the time to play games when you're in college. I know, like, for me, like, trying to pursue a dual doctoral program, I have had great difficulty finding time to just play and enjoy games. And I was wondering if you guys had any advice for, like, time management or anything like that. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Okay. So, real quick. So, you're, first of all, you're, you're, you're pursuing a dual doctorate at 18 years old, it sounds like, if you're a freshman in college, which is incredible. Good for you, Ed. Yeah. But you started listening to us when, when you were 10. 10? I'm sorry. 
<laughs> so sorry about that. I'm trying to, uh, Ian's language was a little bit more toned down nowadays. Uh, eight years ago, a lot more pissing in people's mouths, uh, yeah. uh, sort of things. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing little ten year old M <laughs> listening to Ian, and I apologize for that. But all right, um, I wish so, I could help you, but you're going for a, a double doctorate, and I, right. that is you. Hey. M, this is my advice. No experience. I'm there. not saying that's not a good idea, but the first two year of college, you might find stuff totally different. I told you to 180 my sophomore year, but but have fun in college, play some games. You know, it's hard to find time. It is. I this is what, but this is how I did it. I wasn't doing dual doctorate, right? Uh, this is how I did it. It was usually classes. Come home. Uh, you go to go to go to lunch. Come home from lunch. That's when you usually play games for like yeah. a couple hours. Yeah, we did our nice. I'm going to mention Unreal every single podcast going forward. We played our eight-person eight, eight Unreal LAN. First year LANs, Ian, in 98 was a brilliant thing. Uh, LAN, Napster, our own uh, servers uh, there, uh, file sharing. So we did a couple hours of playing games, or not just Unreal, but other stuff, and then you went to homework in the afternoon before dinner. So I usually say what we did. I, in, uh, in college, I did it differently. I would go home and get all of my work out of the way first, and then I would play games at night. The problem with that is you have to be... I don't sleep, so if I'm pl- as oh. it is, so if I'm playing games, it's going to keep me awake longer. You've really got to set a timer on that, and I was never good about that. Sure, I will do a few more here. We're, get, we're making better time than I thought. I thought it would be the intro was probably shorter than we thought. This All time. right, Speaking of that. What was that? Are you trying to push me along? Hey guys, Rick here from North Pole, Alaska. I've been collecting. Wait, 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 Where are you from? North Alaska. No, no. Hey guys, Rick here from North Pole, Alaska. The North Pole. Wow, North Pole, Alaska. The, the North Pole. North Pole, Alaska is different. Oh, that's not the North Pole. And there's not, from what I understand, there isn't really a. I got excited because Santa was his name. It's in the water. All right, sorry, Rich. What's going on? I've been collecting all the Nintendo, Sega, and Turbo Graphics minis that have been coming out. I even got the UK and Japan models. Oh. I know they won't be as recognized as the originals. Um, but since they can hook up to a modern TV and basically you can load all your favorite games on them, I would think that they have a pretty good appeal. My question is, is what do you think about the future collectability of these? Are they just a fad or do they hold any kind of real collectability? Thanks. And these are what? They're like the mini, like the NES mini, the TurboGrafx minis. Oh, will there be collectability for these? I, I have a feeling if you fast forward 20 years, yeah, you're probably going to end up paying almost the same price or, or more. There's, they're, they're going to be wanted, but I don't think there's going to be like a collector. <laughs> I thought scene. you were going to be paying $500 no. all, 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 the oh, same no, no. price. Um, well, no, what I'm saying is I don't think the price is going to go down and they could even go up. I think it's one of those things that people want to actually play them yes. more because it's HDMI. I don't see us having any newer HDMI tech. We're, this is pretty much fine. We're not going to go past, I mean, there's 8K TVs, but relax. 4K is way more relax. than enough. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> great movie. Um, great movie. <laughs> Scarface. Um, but I think, I'm going to say no, and this is why. I think, like you said, they might keep their value. You'll pay they're going to keep their value because people I, want them, but I don't think they're going to be collectible. The exception will probably be the NES Classic because they only that was they only made three million or whatever smaller only. print run on that. Uh, but like, and but the Super Nintendo you can find them easily. You couldn't give away the PlayStation one, the Genesis one. Yeah, people weren't fond of that. There's a no, the Genesis one, the new the the second Genesis one was way the one that we got the review unit of was great. 
That was the one that everyone loved. Oh, okay. with, with the good game selection. Not the, not the, not, okay, so, you're talking about not, the At Games yes. one. Yeah, yeah, I think that yeah. was awful. Yeah, I, 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 I read his question as these recent ones, including that. But you're okay. right; they have all. There's a billion At Games ones out there. Yes, there's also like I went to the swap meeting and I saw uh, the Atari like Flashback Gold 8 HD one. I almost bought it. He wanted like 40 bucks for it. I was like, ah, like if I was ever going to play Atari games again, it was one that had Pitfall on it. So, oh like, yeah, so I had like 120 games. I'm like, that would, that would. Because it has Activision stuff and Keystone Capers, that would scratch my good itch. Atari stuff on it. That would scratch my itch, but it did not have the. Um, it was not the deluxe version. The deluxe version had had the um, the spinner, the spinners. Yeah, if it had the spinners for forty bucks. I would have bought it. Yep, absolutely. But without it, I did not. So I'm like, I think the the other reason why I think they won't hold their value in Nintendo could always say, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they could say in uh, God three years. Hey, it's the 40th anniversary of the NES. We're going to do a new version sure. of the NES Classic. There's nothing from something doing. They were profitable. Like they could have sold double or triple the amount of NES classics. They could have probably done it at the time. Yeah, they did the Super Nintendo one. It was super profitable. If the emulation wasn't whack, there would have been an N64 one by now. Yep, there probably would have been. Uh, so that's the reason why there's always going to be other versions. Sega always needs a, a buck or two. They could always make more of them. There's sure. always going to be an Act Games. You know, that's the reason why the PlayStation One. There's too many of them. No one gives a shit. It was an awful product. No one wants it. It was an awful product. Commodore one looked cute. I saw it at the swap. Yeah, machine. it looks great. You can't press the keys. It has, it has the Wico joystick. It looked cute. Looks, I, looks okay. I, I do you have that? I'm surprised you don't have that. No, I don't. I, if I found it, I'm more I, of an I, Apple guy. But like, yes, yeah, if I found it, I'd pick it up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you want to check in with someone to see what's we going do. on? We do. Hey, whoever had that sign on SmackDown last night saying "Intellivision Amico scammed me"? I hope you're happy because these are some of the voicemails I got. Okay. Fuck the Intellivision piece of shit. Fuck you. <laughs> Okay, next one. You know, I was watching SmackDown last night. It brought back a lot of memories, especially when it comes to getting screwed and being told that I was the one who screwed myself. And when I saw that sign, I said, you know, this is what professional wrestling is all about. <laughs> and this next one really scared me because I think I know who this is and pretty sure he's supposed to be dead. I'm turning my phone off. Uh, <laughs> oh, very good. Excellent. Well, it's good to know Bret Hart got some joy out of seeing that. Yeah, right, I'm sorry. I'm so happy for Bret. And it was really good to hear from Roddy. Uh, you know beyond what? The grave. We missed Roddy. We did. Roddy's been gone now for like several years Thanks. already. Yeah. God, God, Roddy. I miss you. We miss you, Roddy. And of course, the Iron Sheik is always nice to hear from yes. Sheik. <laughs> make you humble. Break your back. Make you humble. All right, that was a fun one. Ian. It was good. We had a time. We had, we had a time. We had a time. You know, well, yeah, we're going to get you home in time as well. You're always, you know, thinking about that. Yeah, got to work. Respectable. This is work. It is work. But, but got to do more work. Well, more work. Um. So we're going to see you next week. We're going to. Yes, we will. We're going to. We're going to. God, after this, at the week I had last week, I'm not sure, uh, but hopefully it's a better week. Um, Dubs, you going to watch it in the finals? Yeah. You, know, you are, because you haven't been watching the playoffs for the whole... No. This has been a great season to watch. To see yep. I'm surprised. The one the one season you didn't watch is how awful the Lakers were and how great it was to see the Lakers get destroyed and give up 20-point leads like the Pistons. Yeah. Like, you know, this is the one year you should have watched the Lakers crumble, because it was glorious. 
uh, to see. That Lakers-Pistons game. Especially yes. after LeBron, LeBron in the beginning of the season was, oh, I hope you keep that same energy later in the season. Oh, yeah. And he deleted that tweet, but everyone got the screenshot yep. of that. It's like, no, you did a lot worse than we thought you were going to do with your, yeah. old, your old man team there. Just glorious. Let's go, Dubs. Let's go, Steph. Warriors in seven. We'll see you next week. Bye.